pictures of people taking pictures of people taking pictures of people taking pictures. That is, of course, Jack Johnson singing about people and pictures and all the pictures people take. This is Stacy Julian with episode 89 of Exactly Enough Time. This is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know we can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention and to create connection. I am a life enthusiast and a believer. I tell stories and I'm so grateful that you are here. Thank you for listening. Okay, you're ready for a really big number? Try this one on for size. One trillion, four hundred and thirty-six billion, three hundred thousand <gasps> pictures predicted to be taken by a variety of digital devices and cameras in the year 2020. What? <laughs> I mean, I know I take a lot of pictures. Clearly, I am contributing to that grand total, and I will put a link to that information in the show notes. You guys, I'm excited today to talk to you about how to better manage the images, the pictures you take with your smartphone. And to do that, I've invited a longtime friend on the show with me. Her name is Ann Johnson. I asked Ann to send me a bio so that I could introduce her properly. And I love what she sent me. I'm going to read it and then cut to our conversation and she's going to comment on this bio. She says, I am married with no kids or pets by choice. My passion is to be a keeper of memories and I love adventures. Home, however, is my favorite place to be. I have been scrapbooking since 1999 and I still love this hobby today. I have a strong Christian faith and believe that everything will be okay. I love to solve problems and when I grow up, I want to be a detective. This is so funny because um, I've been taking Jody Moore's Be Bold program. Thank you to you okay. for listening to her. And yes. our most one of our most recent classes was we had to, you know, um, title our story, which is my story is it's all good, and then yes. create a bio about what someone doesn't know about you. And I'm like, yeah, I love <gasps> to solve problems, and when I grow up, I do want to be a detective. That is amazing. I always think I want to go back to school, but I won't. Yeah. And, you know, why didn't I be an FBI agent or something? I, I That's so funny because, and, and I've loved you for so long, and we've known each other for a very long time, but I do that all the time. I think when I grow up, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm already like 55. But, <laughs> but still, when I grow up, this is what I want to be. So that is so fabulous. And how nice that you're a problem solver because we're going to talk about that today. We're going to help people solve some problems. I have a really good feeling about that. Perfect. So that's so fun. And thank you. And we we recently discussed over Facebook Messenger, kind of a fun connection we have. Um, and you're taking a class that I'm teaching this year called 20 and 20. 
And I talked about, and we're going to talk about this later, a project I've been working on that's kind of our fishing story over the years. And, yep. um, and I made a personal connection where we lived in Chicago, my husband and I, he was attending medical school. We went and met his aunt and uncle up in Ely, Minnesota, went fishing. That whole entire trip, I was so exhausted. I'm like, why am I so tired? Why do I want to take four naps a day? I don't understand. You know. <laughs> in any case, I was expecting, I didn't know I was expecting my first child. And then this really became an interesting connection for me because on this, in this project where I bring these fishing photos together across time, I have this great photo of my oldest son holding this fish. And he really has been the child that has loved fishing the most and has gotten the others involved. So anyway, it was fun to find this photo taken of me in Minnesota. And then you reached out and you said, wait a second, Minnesota, you know, what was the name of the lake? And does your husband still have family there? Because that's where I'm from. And anyway, I just, I love connections like that. So tell me where in Minnesota you're from. We're, exactly. I'm from Ely, Minnesota. So when you look at the state, it, there's kind of the arrowhead of Minnesota. And so that's where we live. So we're in that arrowhead. We're like 30 miles south of Canada. And you can get there faster by snowmobile or boat than you can by car. <laughs> by car. So yeah. I didn't realize that you're actually from Ely, where I was. Yes. Okay. So, Anne, we have been connected through our love of memory keeping, storytelling for many years. And you reminded me today that you took a class. The you, Matter of fact, it was the first time I taught it. If you took it in 2007, I taught a class called A Library of Memories. And I'm preparing right now, actually, to teach again the next iteration of this class that really is about helping people organize photos and, um, and be able to tell the stories that they want to tell. So I just want everyone to know that you have been with me for a very long time. And the reason I've invited you on the podcast today, other than the fact that you're awesome, <laughs> we're going to talk mobile workflow and you use an Android phone, um, mobile device, and you yep, use Google correct. Photos. And yes. Google Photos is just an app that helps organize photos. And I happen to have an iPhone and I use the, the um, Photos app that comes on iPhone. So as I walk through this, um, this mobile workflow, I'm super excited to have you here because you're going to explain, right, kind of what that looks like if it looks different on a, an Android device. And I'd love you to share adaptations that you've made. The goal is to keep it super simple, but to give people, you know, a very doable place to start. My experience has been that in, in 2020 and moving forward, our phones are getting smarter and smarter. <laughs> but what I observe in most of my friends and family members is we're living far below our privileges <laughs> when it comes to using these smartphones. We're, right. we're just not taking advantage of what they really can do for us. So I want to kind of break it down and just share what you and I have been doing for quite a while using okay. our, um, using our smartphones. Sound good? That sounds great. I'm going to back up a little bit and I want to see if you remember, I have a feeling you do since you've been scrapbooking since 1999. Um, you remember something called a wallet photo. Yes. And listeners out there, you know, if you're not too young, you probably remember wallet photos and really the whole purpose of a wallet photo is just a smaller photo. It's like two inches by three inches and you could print them smaller so that they would what, Anne? They would fit in your wallet. Ding, 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 ding. You got it right. It hasn't been that many years that we needed to print photos in a special size. We couldn't print photos from home. That was something that was done at a developer. And you could request them to be printed small so that you could actually imagine the 
this. Actually carry photos around with you. A few photos of maybe people you love so that you could show them. You could look at them yourself and you could share them with other people. Well, mm-hmm. something pretty incredible happened on June 29th, 2007. For people like me, this is like something we actually celebrate, but it was the advent, the first iPhone was introduced. 2007, none of us had any idea what, what that even really meant. And, and, it, and it really wasn't um, a really great alternative for several years later. Like I would say 2010, before we really, meaning more people than just the early adopters, but most people were like, oh, wait a second. This is now how I'm going to take my photos. This is how I'm going to right carry them around with me. And I got to figure out how to get them off my phone and, and use them. I just want everyone out there right now, and maybe you're on a walk. You know, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast, but if you've got your phone, if it's within reach, and it most likely is, I'd like you to pick it up and just give it a big fat kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of germs on your phone, but just kiss it because seriously, right. this is a gift. Like, like we live in such an amazing and exciting time when it comes to photo technology, just that one aspect. And I actually think it's kind of funny. Tell me if you think this too, but I think it's so funny that we still call it like in my case, an iPhone, because like calling people is not by a long shot, the most common thing that I do with my phone. (laughs) Exactly. And sometimes my husband will say, well, didn't you get any calls today? And I'm like, no, I use it to take pictures. That's all I really want it. I know. Right. It's so funny. Like it's, it's really more my camera. It really is. It's my camera. And here's the funny thing with, with kids, at least my kids older, especially as they kind of head into adult years. I can call my boys, no response. And then about 15 to 30 seconds later, I get a text message. Hey, mom, what did you want? <laughs> I'm like, son, I wanted you to pick up the darn phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like answer my call. So it's so interesting that really, you know, they were created so that we could call on the go. But even my kids are like, nah, just tell me on a text message what you want, mom. Um, I have a, a seven-year-old nephew that during COVID mm-hmm. when he was home, he has his own little phone and he would send me messages through messenger. And then he would start talking to me through messenger. And it was yeah. half the time he was the only person I communicated with because, you know, he knew how to use his phone better than I did. I know it is. It's second nature. And if I, it really, anytime I just hand it to, to my daughter, Addie, and, and they're just not afraid. You know what I mean? It's ubiquitous. Right. They've grown up with it. They just grab it and they try something and they, they figure it out. It just is super intuitive for them. So Yep. I guess we're talking mostly to uh, to listeners today that, that sometimes it doesn't feel intuitive. Sometimes, because I, I talk to a lot of women, I teach classes, and, and what I hear often is, I'm overwhelmed. Right. I, I don't know where all of my pictures are. I don't know how to see them. I don't know how to, to use them. I feel like, I mean, they're like, I still have CDs. I was supposed to burn CDs. Remember when we were told to do that? So <laughs> things move at such an alarming rate anymore that, you know, that it can feel super, super overwhelming. So right. anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. With Anne's help today, I am going to share with you um, a three-step mobile workflow. And so by that, I mean actual steps that you take on an ongoing basis. This, this workflow, it flows through your life. It's ongoing. It's so easy that I think I'm actually going to call it stupid easy which does not mean that you're stupid, right? <laughs> it means that you don't have to be as smart as your phone even to, to put this workflow into place and to refine it and adapt it to you. The goal being that we can enjoy 
our photos. That's the number one thing. Like really enjoy them, live with them, manage them, share them. And then ultimately, you know, I want people to be able to create some things with their photos and actually get them off of the phone um, and, and do something with them. And actually, I want to say this. Here's a truth and, and see if Anna agrees with me. And I've kind of just said this, but phones are getting smarter and smarter. But here's what I believe. So I guess I should, I should say this is my truth. They're never going to be able to curate photos for telling personal stories. I still believe that that is something that only an individual person can do. Yes, I have to agree with that. Right. Because you can take a photo and someone can look at it and it has a whole different meaning to what they see and what really the photo means to you. That's exactly right. And your phone, and we talked about this before we we hit the record button, all smartphones can categorize photos. They can, as a matter of fact, we're going to do this right now together. This is what I want you to do, listeners, okay? I'm going to show you how smart your phone is. And I think for many of you, you're going to be like, what? (laughs) Mind blown, okay? Smartphones today can do this thing called, it's, it's just intelligent image search. So everybody right now, like you can keep listening to the podcast, you can stop the podcast, whatever you need to do, but I want you to open up your phone and I want you to go to your photos app. It doesn't matter again, what that app is, what it looks like, but there will be a search field. So locate the search field and just for fun. And Anne, I want you to do this too with me. I'm going to do okay. it because we're going to share some of the things that pop up here. Okay. So you click on your search field and you type in, let's just everybody type in the word rainbow. So I'm doing that right now. Pretty quickly, you'll see that your phone has found pictures. Um, it says 73 photos that feature a rainbow. Did you get anything, Anne? I do. It doesn't tell me how many I have, um, but it does show the dates that they were taken. Isn't that crazy? So like, for example, this is, I just think this is super fun. I actually have a picture of not a, a, not a rainbow in a sky, but in a museum we went to, there was a really cool, I don't even know what you call it. It's art clearly, but it was very thin wires with light shining on it. So it created this big rainbow that stretched across the room. And my, my smartphone just recognized that as being something it should show me when I searched for the word rainbow. When I, I pulled up a couple of pictures that I actually took of a rainbow, but then it took out one goes all the way back to 2015 and when we were on a trip and it's just very faintly in the sky looking over we were on top of the Hakalakam volcano and it's just so cool it's so faint but it still picked it up yeah Yeah, it's amazing okay we're gonna do another one just for fun the next word we're gonna try is ferris wheel and the reason i'm picking these kind of like you know, you're like, you're like Ferris wheel. Are you sure I've taken a picture of a Ferris wheel? But if you type that into your search field, my phone pulled up 31 photos of some kind of a Ferris wheel. So I immediately see pictures of the big Ferris wheel at Disneyland. And you can probably picture that because you've seen it. If you're on social media at all, right? You've seen pictures posing, people mm-hmm. posing in front of the Ferris wheel with, with the Mickey head. Um, did you, did you pull up anything? I pulled up one. It was when we were in Vegas. So there you go. Isn't that great? And I pulled up I, a couple of years ago. I went with, um, I flew to with my, one of my sons to Australia, but we stopped in Los Angeles before we caught the international flight flight. We hopped an Uber to the Santa Monica pier and there's a big Ferris wheel there. So, so fascinating, right? That our phones can do that for us. And I think most people aren't really aware. You can search really common terms like dog, like lake, like boots, 
And your mm-hmm. phone will find pictures that it believes matches that particular search. So right off the bat, that's, I just want everyone to understand, like you can do these things. <laughs> your phone is really super, super smart. But I want to back up to this idea of curating because um, like I said, your phones as smart as they are can never curate your photos for you. So I just want to define um, curate and for me, it's a process by which information, right, is selected, it's organized, it's cared for, and it's shared or exhibited. So when I hear the word curate, I often think of a curator, right, that works maybe for a museum. And it's their job to often to do the research, to go through collections, to decide where and how certain things will be displayed and how people will experience them. In my definition, it says that typically this curation process is actually owned by someone with expert knowledge. So that's what we do as memory keepers and storytellers. We are the expert and we have this super awesome opportunity to curate photos for the kinds of stories that we most want to tell. Okay, so let's dive in. Let's let's talk about this actual three-step workflow. The first step is simply to start selecting your favorite photos. So when you go to your Photos app on your phone, on an iPhone, as I scroll through just my main photo library that shows me everything I've taken, it shows me screenshots, it shows me videos, it shows me selfies, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I scroll through those images, I can on an iPhone, tap a heart. And then after I've tapped that heart and I go back to that main photo view, as I scroll through thumbnails, some of those thumbnails, I can actually see a white little heart down in the corner of that particular photo, which means it's one of my favorites. So tell us how you do that process in Google Photos. So on Google Photos, it's this—it's pretty much the same concept. So when you're looking on your phone, there's a photos, um, category to the left and the same thing. So you can tap on the photo and we have a star that you will hit um, or select. And I think this gets confusing with some people because I think this has happened to me before that there's also a heart, but you don't want to select the heart. That won't put it into your favorites category. The star is what you need to do. Okay. What Ann just said is your phone automatically, once you designate those photos, either with a heart on an iPhone or a star on a Google or Android phone, you um, your phone will automatically aggregate or collect those photos. You've marked them and it's going to now show you, you don't even have to set up an album, but it automatically creates an album and you can just see your favorite photos. Yep. So, and, and it's probably important right now just to say, regardless of what app or, or software you're using, just to, to allow yourself some time to learn. And if there's ever anything you don't understand, guess who your best friend is? Google. You know, some internet search will show you. There are so many little videos on YouTube that that people will walk you through some of these processes. So you don't have to just live in this, you know, place of confusion. <laughs> you can ask. You can ask a teenager. You can ask Google. Right. Um, there's there's lots of ways to get answers or seven year old. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. But the first thing you want to do is just start scrolling. And I like to just do one month at a time. I suggest to people go back to the most recent full month available to you. I'm publishing this podcast in early October. So go back to September, September, 2020, And then just go through all of the photos that you took in September. And I want you to add a star or a heart 
to photos that you want to keep close to you. You want to see them again. You feel a little bit more affection, right? For these particular photos. And you might even want to do something with them. That's kind of how you know it's a favorite photo. And I don't even think with technology and with cloud services, I don't even think you have to spend a lot of time deleting photos anymore. Really what you need to do is just select the ones that you want to spend more time with. That's how I like to say it. Right. And then, as Anne has already mentioned, if on your phone you click on the album view, there is automatically an album that is set up for your favorites. So then what you need to try and do is train yourself not to spend time scrolling endlessly right through that main photo library, but click on that favorites album. And then if you're looking for something, you know, you can scroll back and what you're going to be looking at is just your most favorite photos that you want to spend more time with. Mm -hmm. And that really, if you can train yourself to go to that view, you're going to have such a better experience and you're going to be able to see so much more in, you know, in less time, if you will. And matter of fact, that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, wait, 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 back up, back up. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. I thought it was in April. No, 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 wait. I think it was, right? Right. And they just do this thing for probably a minute. But that's just more evidence of people not necessarily using their phone. They're not using all the advantages that are available to them. That, That wouldn't happen as much as if you'll just do that very first step, which is just start to favorite photos. And you just work backwards in time. And and I like to, and Anne, I think that you are a fan of this as well, but just set a timer for 15 minutes and just say, I'm going to work on my mobile workflow. This first step, I'm going to work on favoriting photos 15 minutes at a time. Right. And what I have started to do too is I have a just a reoccurring thing uh, to do on my to-do list and it just says, go through the last week's photos. And if you can get that yeah. into a really good habit... You don't have to go back mm-hmm. for a whole month and you just take the last seven days and just go and star your photos. And I know some people can do it every day, but even just do it on a week at a time. There's not that many. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That is such a good point because really, I think, you know, when you just, when you first start doing this, it can feel overwhelming. And so that's why I say just do one month at a time, mm-hmm. but you're right. It will not take you very long before this is so second nature. It's just a part of what you do. And it's not something you have to schedule anymore. Even, you know, you just, it, it, you know what to do. It's step number one. And you just make sure you're favoriting photos. Now, a question I get a ton. Well, Stacy, I like all my photos. I mean, we went to Disneyland and they're all my favorites. And I'm like, okay, that just isn't true, right? Right. <laughs> what, what I will do, especially around events, and I'm going to give you two examples, but let's say it's an event like a birthday party or it's just someone's birthday. And, and I might take, I don't know, it depends, right? But let's say I take 15 to 20 pictures. What I try to do is I think to myself, what if I could only keep three of these photos? What would be the three photos from this person's birthday this year that if I had to give all the other ones away, I would keep these three? Now, that doesn't mean that I'm just going to favorite three, but I actually try really hard not to over favorite because that doesn't that doesn't really help you. you know, right? If you're trying to really see your best and most loved photos, it doesn't help to go, oh, favorite, 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 favorite. That's not going to give you a, a very different view, right? Than just your photo library. So the other thing to keep in mind is as you're favoriting photos, you can always go back 
and look up other photos, right, that were right. taken that day. So if I'm scrolling through my favorites and I come across these three favorite birthday photos that I took, I can very easily see the date and then I can go to my main photo library and I can um, and I can see all of the other birthday photos because they're still there. Right. It's just that they're not being shown to me as my favorites. Okay. And then I just want to talk about when you're like Disneyland. So that's an example of a birthday, right? But Disneyland, so I can't just pick three photos from a trip to Disneyland, but what I can do is three photos each day so that when I go back to look at my photos, I really am seeing the highlights. I can always look up additional photos, but I want to have this view of photos that I really want to, like I said, keep close and possibly do something with down the road. Now, I'd love you to kind of share your process for favoriting. Right. Um, so what I kind of do is, and I'm, I'm a person who takes quite a few photos of the same thing because, you know, you always have to get that perfect shot. And so yeah. when I'm looking at my photos and I'm just kind of scrolling through like the first day of fall, and I think I took over 15 photos of the beautiful trees that we have right now. And you, you're right. It's, you don't need all of them because one, even if I tagged or star one photo of the trees, it's going to bring me back and remind me of that day. And I know that there are other photos that go along with right. it. I think that is the biggest thing. If you can put in your mind that these photos don't go away. Um, same with a right. vacation. You always, I mean, we went to Disney in March. You always remember the month you went. So you know that those photos are still there in that month. And I think that's was right. something that was a big aha moment for me. And I think I learned that in one of your um, photo freedom classes was Christmas is always in December. And, you know, right. it's like, oh, yeah, I don't need to favorite every photo at Christmas because I can always go back to December and they're going to be right. there. They're not going to go right. away. Well, and let's move on to step two, because that's where this, the power of having a favorite collection really starts to make sense. So the step, so step two in this super easy mobile workflow is now we're going to intentionally set up general category albums. And again, this we're doing this on our phone. So this is something you probably need to learn to do for yourself. It's not hard, but if you open your photo app, you'll see, you know, you can select albums. And when you do that, you'll somewhere on your screen, you'll see a plus or you'll see the word add and you can tap on that and then add a new album, create a new album. I'm going to suggest four general, very general categories. Okay. I think, and, and if you've been listening to me long, then you're going to guess, right? I think you should have an album for us, which is your immediate family, an album for people, which is people you really love. So it's extended family, it's close friends, it's grandparents. Um, you're going to have a category for places and, and, and specifically, well, we'll, we'll talk about that, but specifically places that are they're, they're near and dear to you, close to home. And then there are some of those big, amazing places that you've had a chance to visit. Um, but, the, but the general category is called places. And then the fourth one is just things. So it's us, people, places, things. And each one of those categories has its own album. And then what I do, and this is totally what I teach, and it's so powerful when you want to be a storyteller, is then you go back to the view where you're just looking at your favorite photos and then you select some of these favorite photos. And I would say I probably do this with maybe half, right? 
So already there's this amazing and very powerful paring down that's happening. I'm paring down my general, all of my photos to my favorites. And now I'm going to take and pare down and start to curate even farther these favorite photos. And I'm going to put them in categories. So if I come across a great photo of my husband at Disneyland, I'm going to put that photo in the us category. I might also put it in the in the places category for Disneyland. I can put it multiple places. Um, if I'm scrolling through and I see fall leaves, I can select that photo and I can put it in things because that's something we do every year. And this takes practice because you're like, well, wouldn't I want to put them all in all these different categories? But the more you do this, the more, you know, the more sort of focused in you get on your specific life and the things that, that, you want to see again and again, things that are rituals, things that are traditions, you know, places that you visit again and again. And you'll start to really go, oh yeah, with this collection of photos, if I now curate them into these big categories, it doesn't take very long before you then open up that us album or that people album. And you're like, oh, wow, my dad always has that look on his face. Or I didn't realize how often my husband wore that baseball hat or I can't believe, and you start to see connections or similarities between photos because of that paring down process. Okay, Anne, I want you to walk me through, what's that step number two look like for you? So on Google Photos, um, ours is called the library. So down at the bottom of your phone, it says library, and you click on that. And the album, the new album item shows right in the beginning there. So you can create your four categories right under the albums, or when you're in your favorites, you can select the photo and then you can click the three dots in the upper right hand cor um, corner and then it will give you an option to add to album. You click on that and yeah. then you can select the album that you want to place it in. So it's just, it's very simple. Okay. Yeah. Do you use those same categories or do you have other general categories that you like to maintain over time or what have you done? You've been doing this a long time. So tell me how you've adapted that. I do use Lightroom on my computer. So most of my photos go into my Lightroom um, catalog, which I do categorize them from us, things, people, and okay. places. Yeah. I do. So I can find them easily that way. Well, and then, and the reason I'll say, and I'll say the reason that I think those four general categories work so well is because they're really universal. And as I've taught this, you know, this process for so many years to so many different kinds of people, you know, um, I know if I teach them those general categories, then, then over time you can take that as that us category grows, you can then fine tune it and you can say, now I'm going to create an album, right? For each specific right. person that I can tell, I take a lot of photographs of over and over. And this can be your pet. This can be, you know, you can have a section for coworkers or college friends, like you'll be able to know once you start collecting in these large, you know, these big umbrellas, if you will, general categories, you can then get really specific. And it's that level of curating that will show you connections that, that make really fun stories and make really fun, you know, scrapbook projects. Okay. And then I have step number three, and you can interject anytime, man. But this is if, you know, in this super easy mobile workflow that anyone can start doing today, you know, you favorite your photos, you set up those general categories. And then number three is you actually set up albums again, but these albums are temporary and they're project albums. So if I have a specific project I want to work on, I'm, I actually create an album on my phone and I name that project 
and then I'm able to start collecting photos into that specific album that I will either use for a digital project or I will print and use, you know, on a more traditional project. Do you do like, do you do something like that with projects? I do. I do. And I, and I've been using it more often. Um, I do use the project life app, okay. which when you do, you can, so when you select your photos or if you're working on a project and you put all the photos that want you want to use in that project, you put it in an album and then it's, it's a really simple flow from the project life app and back and from Google photos to the project life app. So we just came home from a trip. We were in Alaska for a week and it was amazing. Wow. And one thing I love about Google Photos is that I can create an album and then I can share that album and I mostly share it with my mom so she can see what we're doing and she sees all our pictures. But then when I'm sitting on the plane or where I when I'm in the long car ride, I can click on that folder and I can work through my photos because they're all combined in one container. They're, they're you know, they're right. in one folder and I'm not scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Right. And so that's what I do love about the album feature of Google Photos. That's they're easy to share and then they're easy to work with. And that's exactly true for iPhone. And I love the fact that you talked about a sharing because it really is fun to be able to share a whole collection. You know, I've made this collection and I want to share it with you. And then I love that you brought up the Project Life app. So if you're not familiar with mm -hmm. Becky Higgins and Project Life and her and her mobile app, I would just stop and download it and get familiar with it because it's so handy. And, and like Anne said, once that app is on your phone, you can open up and you can start to create a photo book that you, that you print, you right. can print, but it can all be created on your phone. And if you've set up, for example, your favorite Disney photos, right? You can pull them in. Mm -hmm. If they're already in an album together, you can pull them in so easily into that app and then start creating. Right now I'm currently doing um, photo a day project. Okay. And this, I'll give you a little history of this project. So it started back at the beginning of the year when Tracy Reed, and I don't know, have you ever, Tracy Reed yes. does some design yes, work. I know. And she did an everyday selfie love project. Okay. And so I started following these prompts and um, the prompts ended in April. And for some reason, I'm not sure, but I just continued to take a photo a day. And so after we did May every day um, in 2020, I created a folder for each month of the photos that I took for my photo of the day project. And it was so easy to go into project life and then create this album. And what it is, is just a photo and then a small story that goes with it. And it's like my favorite project. <sighs> yes. You know, I keep forget, I keep thinking, oh, I'm not getting any scrapbooking done. I'm not getting any done. And using the project life app, I sit down every morning and I pull in the photo and I type a little story mm -hmm. and it's, done. it's, it's, it's just, it makes it so yeah. easy. So if you are um, doing digital, the albums really help. Yeah. And I love, Anne, that you brought up again, Project Life, because maybe you have been in the past a traditional scrapbooker and you feel like, oh, I never do that anymore. I wish I would do that. Oh, I've got all these photos. If you just adapt, start using this basic mobile workflow and Anne, what you're doing is creating an amazing photo journal. I mean, every day, if you, you know, right. if you just attach a little story, a few thoughts to one photo, you will have such a beautiful and valuable project ready to print in no time. It will be amazing to you how easy and how truly doable it is. So I, I used to get caught up. Oh, I need to scrapbook that. I need to do it in a certain way. And one day I just realized you don't have to scrapbook every photo. You can just print them yeah. and 
Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go back and be creative with them, you can, you, mm -hmm. you don't have to. And you I think that was a big aha moment for me this year. That really is the core of photo freedom that I, that I teach is spend some time with a workflow, especially a mobile workflow, get to the place where you can curate some of your best photos, print those photos, and then just live with them and share them and, and, and decide that you want to document a few of your, your best stories, you know, your most, personal stories and, and it won't be everything. And yet I have this beautiful, robust, um, you know, record that I'm creating for, for, for myself, first of all, and then for my family. So the very first thing you do is get to know your phone a little bit, kiss it, love it, be grateful mm -hmm. for it. Don't let it be overwhelming to you. Learn how to favorite photos, then recognize that your phone will automatically put those into an album from those favorite photos. I want you to start curating or putting those favorite photos into general categories of us, people, places, and things, then those categories take a little while to develop. But within, F, if you've done that for a couple months and certainly for a year, you're going to start to see some really great patterns emerge in those categories. That is the process of curation that will spark the storyteller inside of you like nothing else. Step number three is when you actually conceive of a project, you're like, you know what I would like to do? I would really like to make a book for my husband. We're coming up on our 20th anniversary or whatever it is. As soon as you conceive of that idea, don't let your brain get overwhelmed. Instead, set up an album in your photos, right? And then when you're in the line at the grocery store, you're waiting in the car, whatever it is, scroll through photos, your favorites if you have them, and then you can start to select pictures that you might want to use in that project and put them right in that album. Because then when you have time to actually sit down, either to print photos or to create something digitally, the pictures are sitting there waiting for you. And that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that's probably one of the biggest obstacles is people think, okay, now I finally have a Saturday afternoon. I'm going to sit down. And, and they think they're going to be able to create, but you're not going to be able to because you don't have photos and you're going to get frustrated and overwhelmed because you can't find what you're looking for. It's stupid easy. It's so awesome. I hope you'll start doing it right away. And you're amazing. Thank you for coming on to be my Android Google slash Lightroom expert. <laughs> I just love it. Is there anything else you want to add? I just wanted to add one more thing about when you are going through your photos. And I don't think we mentioned this. Even if you went and selected, say, rainbows or like, for example, mine, mine gets selected into different things and places. So I can click on boats and you could even just scroll through your boats and find your favorite boat photos mm -hmm. instead of going through months and months worth of photos. I love that. Does that it make makes a hundred percent sense. So yes, that's just you using that smart technology that's already available to you. And I actually just did a project about fishing. I mentioned it. So after I had curated my own collection of fishing, I opened up just my main photo library and I typed into the search bar fish. And then I did fishing probably five to six more photos came up that I hadn't found. And, I, and a couple of those, I was like, oh my goodness, I can totally include that. So that's just, that's combining your, you know, your own personal curation with what the phone can show you automatically. And I love that. I love how you said, use what it's already showing you, pick your favorites, and then turn that into a story. So that's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. You can't go yet because I have two questions that I ask every single person that I visit with. So the first one is, and we've talked about categories today, but this is called people, places, things. I want you and just this, you're going to reveal a little bit more about yourself, which is awesome. But tell us about right now, a person, a place, or a thing that has your attention. 
Um, right now, um, the fall leaves, because here in Minnesota, we are entering, I think snow is supposed to happen later this week, but the leaves are just brilliantly yellow and red and orange. And we have this tree in our front yard that you can see through our kitchen window and you come around the corner and you forget that it's there because it just, it just glows in our oh house. And so I just get excited when I come home and then I forget that it's there. And then it's like, Oh look, yeah, it's there. There's your tree. So the fall leaves are so pretty right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is so true. I love that. You know, and the thing is the more you get used to taking pictures and not feeling overwhelmed by them, then the more permission you give yourself to take pictures. And I really think it helps you be present. It helps you be present right now. Right days before the snow falls <laughs> to, to just yes. be present with those beautiful fall leaves. So that's awesome. Thank you. Okay. The last one is you get to fill in the blank. I and have exactly enough time for to stop and pay attention. Oh, see, we just said that. <laughs> yep. And you know, and I know, and that's so funny because I, I just have to share a quick yeah. story. I was going driving to an event and I was in, in a hurry and I was frustrated and it was like, you know, you talk to yourself when you're driving because mm -hmm. you know, you, that's what I do. And, and all of a sudden it was like, I got slapped in the face by God. And he said, look, you know, yeah. and the trees were green or yellow and the frost was on the water and the sun was coming up and oh. it was just like, oh yeah, it's, don't worry. <laughs> you know, it, it was just made me like, just open your eyes and take pictures of the trees or stop and look and take pictures. Oh. It's, there's a lot out there to see. Oh my goodness. But yeah. It's just recently it was just like, just yeah, yeah. stop. I think that right now, especially with pandemic and just unrest, it just, you know, if you look at the news, <laughs> you know, you can get yeah. pretty, pretty overwhelmed. It feels, you know, I can get buried pretty quick, you know, in, in some kind of anxiety or fret because of your faith in God. And this can be different for, you know, different people listening, but you just know it's going to right. be okay. And, and I really think that that's linked to my love of storytelling is, yeah, when you're, you know, when you're late or whatever it is, and you want to be distracted by something that's discouraging or frustrating, there is just this opportunity to be present and to recognize all yeah. that we've been given and, and all of the creation around us. And it, and it really is very grounding. Right. So. I'm right there with you, sister. Yes. That's awesome. Well, and thank you for having it exactly enough time to come talk to me today. I really appreciate that. No, I was just going to say, I was, I yeah. had fun. I was nervous, but I'm glad. <laughs> it, it it's always more, I know it, nervous is okay. Cause nervous just means you're about to do something exciting. I think it's been such a gift to me, um, to have this podcast, but, but just over the years to develop relationships with people like you, you know, because we've spent time together online and we've learned things together. And I always learn far more from students that I ever feel like I share but, um, but it really is a gift, human connection. The fact that I have a friend in Ely, Minnesota, yep. and I've been there. Thank you, friend. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Okay. So that is your assignment this week. I want you to promise me you'll be done with the default scroll when you open your phone and go to photos. Okay. And yes, I know. Here's the caveat, right? There's always new updates and new features. And as soon as I learn how to do something, Stacy, then they change the way I do it. But this super easy three-step workflow that I've taught you, they're principles and the principles don't change. There was a recent um, iPhone update and, and I love it. There are some amazing new features and I can't wait to make them a part of my workflow. They're going to make what I can do on my phone 
so much more. I'll have so much more control over that curating process that we talked about. If you are one who would love some guidance, some help in this area of your life so that you can live with your photos and create some projects with them, then I invite you to come to stacyjulian.com. Get to know me on my website, get on my email list. I am preparing like I said, a new iteration of Finding Photo Freedom for 2021, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So again, shout out to Anne. Appreciate her time and her expertise, and all of my students that have been with me for years that have truly become experts as they have learned these principles and adapted them, and and they're able to do the things that they want to do with the pictures that they take. Okay, you can do this. Go practice favoriting, start some curating into general categories, and set up a couple albums for projects that you're dying to get started, even for the holidays. Just be sure you come back next week for another episode of Exactly Enough Time. 